With working women, how many things are you expected to do on a daily basis? It's impossible to do it all, yet we're asked to each day. Listen to hear how one high-wire woman, Rosanna Berardi, stays on the high wire while managing a busy law firm, a consulting business, teaching at a law school, parenting her 14-year-old son, and maintaining a happy and healthy marriage. Let Rosanna show you how to make sense of your life and stay on that high wire. All right. Well, welcome back, listeners. This is Rosanna Berardi, the High Wire Woman podcast. And today I have a special guest. I have someone that is an expert talker. And when I looked at Jen Mueller's background, I was super excited. I'm like, oh, man, I cannot wait to have her on the podcast. So Jen talks for a living. Jen has had a really varied career that she'll fill us in on broadcasting, broadcast journalism. She was a high school football official, PR booker. That's the person that's responsible for getting people on shows, writer, producer. Got to be on the air talking once a week. And now, most recently, way back to 2009, she has headed up her company called Talk Sporty to Me. And it's super interesting about how she uses sports as a language to communicate with folks. So, Hi Wire Woman, please welcome our guest, Jen Mueller. Well, thank you for such a warm welcome. <laughs> I'm excited to have a conversation today. Me too. And, you know, I got to say a little pressure being on the air with an expert talker. You're probably ripping apart my sentence structure as I speak. No, you want to know, it stresses me out to be on this side because I'm usually the person asking questions. And now (laughs) I feel pressure to give you a good answer. All right. Well, good. We're both equally uncomfortable. (laughs) Perfection. So tell us your life story. I mean, I summarized, you've done a lot of things, but tell us who you are and how you got to where you are today. Well, I heard talks too much all the time as a kid. My family, my friends, my teachers would always say it. So it really surprises absolutely nobody that I found a career that allows me to talk for a living. I have been in sports broadcasting for 21 years. I went to school in Dallas at Southern Methodist University. I have a degree in broadcast journalism and public policy. That was the backup plan because back then there weren't a whole lot of women doing sports and it was a pretty risky career move to just put your stake in the ground and say that this is what you were going to do. I've been on TV for 15 years. I work on the television broadcast for the Mariners, and I am the radio sideline reporter for the Seattle Seahawks. So I own a Super Bowl ring from a few years ago, which is always fun to talk about and bring out. And as you mentioned, I'm a business owner. So I have created every opportunity I could possibly think of to talk and to talk about sports. (laughs) It's incredible. One of the lawyers on my team is an expert talker. So we do consultations with clients, new prospective clients. And the more she talks, the more energized and effective she becomes. And I'm the opposite. The more I talk, the more depleted I become. So she just said to me last week, can I just talk to people every day next week? Yes, please. (laughs) And that's her sweet spot. So there are people out there like yourself that love to talk. And it's really the connection that gets made in the conversations, right? Whether I'm talking to an athlete, a coach, or an audience, it's feeling close and connected to somebody that really keeps motivating me to have those conversations, despite what my husband might think. (laughs) And, you know, it's really important that we're still connected because so much of the way we communicate right now is so disconnected. 
It's hard to build a relationship through text messaging. It is. And this point was driven home in a very unique way over the weekend. I was a judge in the Miss Washington pageant and the gal that we crowned will go on and compete in Miss America. And I have not had any pageant experience before, but what I will say is this, 35% of your overall score is the interview that you do with the judges behind the scenes. It is also a large part of how you show up on stage. And the young lady that we crowned scored highest in her interview and her onstage presence because it is about how you communicate and how you connect with your audience. I can say that from lots of different standpoints too. We have a tendency not only to just connect with text messages or emails, but also to connect using facts and data right? Resumes or accomplishments or Mm -hmm. things like that. And that's not what people connect to either. We need to get to a point where you are communicating, ideally face-to-face in some form or fashion and showing up in a way that allows others to see who we are and make that connection as easy and organic as possible. For sure. And I know in the interview world, when you're looking at people's resumes and you interview them, I mean, I'm not really talking to them about their qualifications. Like, great, you graduated from law school, so did a million people, right? But tell me what your favorite dessert is. Tell me what your ideal day off looks like. I really like to try to discover people's soft components of their personality, ones that they're not really ready for in a job interview. Yeah, and it's one of the reasons I love for people to talk about sports. And it's one of the reasons that I start many conversations with sports. Even if I'm not sure whether you're a sports fan or not, there's a story there. And there's so many different things sports fans communicate when they talk about a game or a player or an outcome. And that's where I'm looking to unravel those pieces, just like you are when you're asking non-traditional interview Mm -hmm. questions so that I can get to know who you are. So I'm going to put you on the spot. So you and I meet at a cocktail party. I'm from Buffalo, New York. Mm -hmm. I say, hey, Jen, nice to meet you. How are you today? And ask me a good question. I would say Buffalo is the only NFL city I haven't been to. What have I missed out on so far? Oh, Jen, jackpot. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I've heard good things. I was so, I was supposed to be there last year and then we couldn't travel with the pandemic. But uh, I would use that as the starting point. I would ask, what do you think about the offseason moves for the Bills? I would ask, how long have you been a Bills fan? Mm -hmm. Because your answer could go in a couple of different directions. And quite honestly, I don't have a preference as to where you take the conversation. I just want an idea of what it is that we should or could be talking about instead of playing a really weird game of 20 questions. Right, exactly. And sports is neutral enough that, you know, if I say I think Josh Allen's the best quarterback in the league, even if you don't agree, I'm pretty certain you're not going to be offended in any way. Yeah. Now there's a couple of things here. Sports can absolutely be used as something that is divisive, right? But I also know that adults working in a business setting are smart enough to keep it on a lighter topic. When we are thinking about sports and business, what we're doing is thinking about small talk, right? right? We're thinking about these little moments. Small talk can be completed in 60 seconds, Okay, so we're not looking to have a two hour conversation or even a 20 minute conversation. 
I'm looking for something that just gives me that insight, but also gives me follow-up opportunities. Now that I know that you're a Bills fan, you better believe you're getting an email from me at the beginning of football season. And when the Bills hit their bye week and when the Bills make the playoffs, I'm already predicting that, right? Like, (laughs) I just need a way to stay on your radar. And there's lots of different ways. And if you don't actually like the game itself, then you can talk about the environment at a game and what Mm -hmm. you love about tailgating or who you go and see the game with, right? There's so many different things. Sports isn't just about stats and scores. Yeah, that's super, super interesting because some people are like, oh, I'm not really into football or I'm not really into hockey. But you're right. There's so many ways around that, that you can make that conversation a lot broader. And even if you're not the sports fan, Mm -hmm. you need to understand that more than half of all Americans identify as sports fans. So if you take that topic off the table, you severely handicap yourself in these conversations when you've already got a number of topics that are off the table, right? You're not going to talk about religion, money, politics, sex. The weather gets boring after a while and front page news is going to talk about one of those five things, right? So I need that go-to every single time. And I would push back and challenge people just a little bit when they tell me that they're not sports fans. Mm -hmm. They're probably a fan of something, their child's little league team, Tour de France, Wimbledon, the Olympics, Right. right? The rec team that they play on. It doesn't have to look like the NFL or NHL or NBA. Sports can be lots of different things. It could be pickleball tournaments that you're playing in, right? Right, for sure, for sure. So I was poking around on your social media and your website, and I love that you have these conversation starters that you recommend. Tell us about those for our listeners. Every Monday morning, I post a blog. It is the weekly sports conversation starters, and I pick five or six headlines that the full blog covers. And they're really just three sentences. And there's a reason these are three sentences long. And there's a reason it shows up like that on Instagram. As a sports broadcaster, the shortest story that I can tell is three sentences. It's about 15 seconds. And people don't realize how much information is hidden in there. So that if you get into a conversation with somebody, you've got at least three or four tidbits that you can use to enrich that interaction with. But I just want you to find ways to engage. And again, it's not always about the outcome of sports, but with the Olympics coming up, there's going to be one for sure in the next couple of Mondays on which Olympic sport would you like to attempt? Right. Right. Or this last week, when you talk about Joey Chestnut and the 4th of July hot dog eating contest, (laughs) I am zero interested in hot dogs. I am very interested in pie. So, you know, there's just different ways to draw people in and make it easy to talk to you, right? Because if you make it easy for people to talk to you, chances are they will. And that's your differentiator in a business relationship and in a business setting. Yeah, I can't tell you, you know, I've been an immigration lawyer for almost 25 years. And sometimes people are hard, hard to break them, hard to crack them. We find that in the corporate world a lot. So in terms of your five steps to asking better questions, I mean, You know, if I'm in a situation and I feel like this brand new person that I met, so a little bit tough to crack, what's a good angle? What do we do? Well, I think part of it is understanding what's the reason that they're tough to crack. Are they an introvert or are they untrusting of you, right? That's two different ways to look at it. If it's an introvert, I'm going to carry more of the load in that conversation so Mm -hmm. that they don't expend a whole bunch of energy up front. 
if they're a tough nut to crack, now I'm going to just, in general, I'm going to leave business off to the side for a little bit and find something that is probably on their person, right? The logo on the shirt they're wearing, Mm -hmm. the license plate holder on their car, the pen, right? Something that's immediate. But the key to asking better questions, there's two things. Number one, know the objective of that question and of that conversation. So if I'm trying to elicit a specific emotion from my speaking audience, it could be, you know, motivation, inspiration. When I'm talking to an athlete, I might be trying to get them to tell me about their biggest frustration or the toughest part of their rehab. I'm looking for a very specific objective. And that question is super, super focused. Conventional wisdom is wrong on just about every element of how to ask questions. Hmm. And we think that the broader the question and the more open-ended the question, the better the answer. And what we really do is create a lot of confusion. For example, when you ask somebody how you are, you're like, hey, how are you? Nice to meet you. How are you? We have given them all the latitude, right, to answer however you want to. And yet more often than not, how do people answer? Good, busy, tired. (laughs) Right. You get a one word answer and then it comes back to you and you're like, great, we've got two one word answers. (laughs) Right. Now what? Even if you really wanted to know how that person was, you didn't give me permission to talk about my family, my mental health that day, the fact that I'm proud that I've stuck to my workout program for a month, right? Mm -hmm. There's so many different options to choose. I don't know which one you want me to choose and I don't wanna look stupid in front of you. So I'm gonna pick the safest choice. So when you focus a question and you say, Jen, it doesn't look like you're smiling today as much as you normally are. Is everything okay with you, Mm -hmm. right? Now you've just given me permission to say, actually, Rosanna, I'm, I'm struggling today. Or, oh, no, 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 I'm just thinking about something else and I'm distracted. Everything's good, right? We've got a different conversation for, for each one of those questions. But mm-hmm. when you ask a focused question, you walk people through the conversation with you. There is no guessing as to where you want it to go. You're setting them up to give you the perfect answer and that builds trust and rapport. Even if you're go- only gonna ask them three questions. So what's an alternative to how was your weekend? Well, it depends on who I'm talking to, right? What's the most fun that you had this weekend? What did you eat too much of at the 4th of July barbecue (laughs) that you regret today, right? Or I might be looking ahead to say, what are you most excited about this week? Who's made you smile already this morning? There's just different little things to get the conversation going where somebody reveals something they didn't anticipate, but it's in a comfortable space. We're not asking what type of unicorn would you be or what type of tree would you be, right? Right. Like we're in the same vein of what we're already thinking. Yeah, it's funny because we have law clerks that spend the summer with us at the law firm. And invariably, if someone says, how was your weekend? They say, good, fine. But if I say, hey, did you do anything fun this weekend? And someone will say, oh yeah, I rode my bike for the first time. I'm really sore. God, I need to get in a better shape or it's different. Mm -hmm. It's different. And when we know we're going to get that question, I always say on the other side of that, we can prepare better answers. We know that people are going to ask, how are you multiple times during the course of the day? We don't have to follow the one word script. We can actually use that to spotlight something that we're proud of or why we enjoy working at a company or what's made us smile. We can give a one sentence answer 
that makes the follow-up questions obvious for the person we're talking to. So there's both sides of that one, right? You can still ask the question. Hopefully I'm prepared for it and I give you a great response. So how has the pandemic changed all this? I mean, we've all, we're coming out of our cocoons now. World is reopening. Are you seeing different communication challenges? Yes, certainly in hybrid work because what worked before the pandemic, it's not the same, right? We're not going back to the same. And we're still going to have some of the techniques that we have utilized over the last year, Zoom, Teams, any sort of these virtual platforms are still going to be utilized. You have got to communicate on a higher level in a hybrid space because you are going to miss out on things, right? You're going to miss out on those organic conversations that pop up when there's three people in the office, even though you were just on the Zoom conference call together. And you've got to know what question to ask to make sure that you stay engaged. You need to be thinking through the conversation. And I believe all leaders should be doing this. We can't just think about our part of the conversation and the message I am trying to communicate. I have to think through multiple steps of the conversation. What does the other person need from me? It's nice to say, hey, can you get this to me by Friday? Friday at 8 a.m. or 5 p.m. or noon, or is it two pages or one, right? Like think through what would make me feel most comfortable. And we've got to be much more intentional and strategic now as we are re-emerging and navigating a new workplace. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. And I feel like during the pandemic, at least at the beginning, people are a lot nicer to each other because we're like, we're all in this together. And and now it's like, can you come back to work, please? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to also have to give each other a little bit of grace in some of this. And it's hard. Look, I talked for a living and it was hard. It was hard for me to go back into the office and just have casual conversation with my colleagues. And that shocked me. Mm -hmm. It was unnerving to go up to players on the field and to reintroduce myself after not seeing them for six months. If that's hard for me as a talker, I know that that's hard for a lot of people. So a lot of grace, both with each other and with ourselves as we do this. For sure. So a lot of my listeners are business owners, working women. How do you help? Like when they go on your Talk Sporty to Me website, which is so fun, guys, wait till you check out the show notes and see that. How can you help us? What do you do? It is the confidence to communicate in little moments that most often get overlooked. We just talked about one of those examples. When somebody asks, how are you? You should have a success statement in place that allows you to advocate for yourself and keeps you top of mind for all the good work that you're doing. Talk Sporty to Me also provides weekly conversation starters so that you can have the confidence to strike up a conversation with anybody at any point in time and know that you can do this for 60 seconds at a time, right? There are way too many women that I have talked to who draw back from the conversation or won't even engage because they're afraid they don't have enough information, right? Right, right. You can do this. And this is not faking it. And it's not being disingenuous. And it's not inauthentic. This is just about being able to engage in conversations because it's going to happen, whether it's the sports conversation or whether it's the business conversation that you wish you would have read a few more emails first or done a little bit more prep work on, right? You can still have that conversation. There's some very easy strategies that you can use for that. And so I'm always trying to take a fresh look at encounters that I have on live TV and radio and as a business owner 
and break down what it means to be an effective communicator because more is not better. Saying things over and over does not make uh, you an effective communicator, right? Being strategic makes you an effective communicator. In my industry, in the legal field, lawyers are notorious for saying the same thing over and over and over again. It makes me crazy. I'm like, you told me that four times already. I get it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we don't need to do that. We can no. save each other some time if we just communicate effectively in the beginning. For sure. Well, so interesting. So many things to talk about. So tell our listeners how they can find you, how they can work with you. Tell us a little bit about that portion. Yeah, I am easily found on the website, TalkSportyToMe.com. That is also the social media handles for everything, TalkSportyToMe. And there is the series, the video series on asking better questions. You can purchase that. It's on demand. You go through it at your own pace. You'll also find some leadership interviews on the blog because communication and leadership go hand in hand. And I do have a limited number of spots for personal coaching. So if you are putting together presentations, if you want feedback on questions you need to ask for interviews, if you want some sort of like one to two hours, just brushing up on the communication Mm -hmm. skills, send me an email, Jen, J-E-N at TalkSportyToMe.com. And we'll take a look at some schedules. Yeah, that would be so great, especially if you know you have like a presentation coming up or if you're meeting a new client and you really want to wow them. And again, I agree with you. It's not being disingenuous. It's being prepared, right? It's really thinking about, I know for me, if someone invites me to a meeting, the first thing I'm thinking about is what am I going to wear? And that's important too. But really, more importantly, I should be mentally prepared and ready to knock their socks off with our conversation. Yeah. And I script out a lot of what I say on TV and radio. And I'm here to tell you that it actually helps you stay present and stay in the moment when you're not trying to grasp at all of the things coming at you in a conversation, right? You have your objective. You can meet those goals and it allows you to just be there because you know that you've already done the work, right? You've done the homework. Well, Jen Mueller, thank you so much. Talk sporty to me. All of the Website and social media channels will be in the show notes. I'm super excited to learn more, to follow you, to get some conversation starters. I have a 15-year-old sports fan. And man, I'm finding myself Googling who won the Milwaukee Bucks game. (laughs) I love it though. What a way to connect. He doesn't talk a lot, but I know that's one thing he'll talk to me about. So thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. It's been a blast. Thanks for having me. You're welcome.